All right, folks, we are back yet again. Welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast, where we discuss the best in alternative rock, past and present day. Uh, today, I'm joined again by my regular co-host, Chris Logan. Hello. And uh, on this episode, we thought we would dive into the recent 2020 list of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, nominees. It's a pretty strong uh, ranking this year for stuff, so we thought we'd kind of go over the list of bands and list our what our picks are and just, and just go along those, on those lines. So I am looking at the roster right here. Yep. And I am too there. And, uh, you know, first off, do you have qualifiers? Like what, what is it for you that really, 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 really pushes somebody to, to be, um, you know, if, even this far, even nominated. You know, because I, I know that that's that's usually um, you know a line of contention. But you know, like for for myself, I, I like to look at the the an artist's influence, and then on top of that, like to look at what what their catalog is and what what the overall strength of the catalog. And then after that, I guess you kind of I guess you have to kind of put in. Some sort of like really popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard for me because I think I'm I'm kind of just I guess more selfishly prone to just pick bands that I really like that I think have done great work, but I don't always go with the legacy stuff. But this year's really hard because you've got people that have been long overdue, along right. along with bands that are kind of new entries, but they're also I think you know strong contenders. So it's a really this is a particularly. I thought last year was particularly strong. I think this might be even yeah. st- stronger. Um, as far as See, I, 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 I like last year's lineup more than this year's. But I mean, I, I, I do like a lot of of what this year's lineup has. That there's no doubt. I think you've got. To... I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited about uh, you know at least a couple of them that I think may be making the first. Uh, well, at least one of them is, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and, on, and on, 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 as far as this, this nomination, and um, I'm, I, I think they've got a, a nice mix of eras here too. They kind of cover all all, yeah. all all the bases. Yeah. So, so I think we can either do a couple ways. We can either go through them in alphabetical order the way they're listed on the thing, or give our, or give our picks first, or. However you want to tackle it, I'm. Uh, I tell you what, let let's go to the artist and then then have our picks. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Makes m- makes for more tension. That's right. That's right. We'll we'll make it a <laughs> uh, we'll make it a, make it a nail biter. All right. Well, first off, we got right. Pat, we got <laughs> we've got Pat Benatar and uh, Pat Benatar is an interesting choice because she really didn't have what I would say was a really lengthy career just as far as her output was concerned. Right. I can't, I I'm trying to think of how many albums she actually put out, but if you grew up in the seventies and and early eighties, like we did and you listen to the radio, I mean, her influence was pretty, pretty undeniable. Uh, And she was also very groundbreaking. I mean, she was an early, you know, Chick in the front front rows making her own music. Yeah. So, 
girl power before the girl power. Mm-hmm. And and she also had kind of a cool partnership because it was with her. I don't think they're still married anymore, but it was she, her husband and her co-wrote all the material together. I believe his name yeah. was was Chris Gerardo. Uh, uh, Neil, I, I thought. Neil, oh, Neil, well, Neil. Hold no, on. no, I think you're right. I think it's Neil. I think it's Neil Gerardo. And okay. uh, and they, you know, pumped out a bunch of hits. I actually, what was the name of the album with "Promises in the Dark" on it? I'm trying to think what the because I actually bought that vinyl. Precious time. It was precious time. That was. That I was going to say that was like. I thought that was the the big the big record, but on uh, I, I think that was the the breakthrough record. I guess is, is more of the the way way to put it for her because it had fire and ice on it on as well. Mm-hmm. But promises in dark was was on that. So, and and this is something you know because we're in this era of these like you know boutique record stores and you know getting vinyl at those places or ordering it online. But back when we were Tykes, in addition to the, the the music stores, you could actually buy vinyl at the grocery store. Oh yeah, yeah. And and, and I get it at Safeway. Yeah, and, and and I got Pat Benatar at Safeway grocery store in the yeah, vinyl no section. Kidding. So that's that's my memory of Pat Benatar. Uh, but. But she kind of made a weird transition because you had the, that album. Of course, the album before it would hit me with your best shot and and uh, Heart, yeah. Heartbreaker and all that. But then she in the eighties, she kind of got late eighties. She got much more poppy with Love Is a Battlefield and and yeah. and st- stuff like that. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't object to her being on there. I mean, I think she's a solid contender. She certainly has a good legacy. Any notes you have on her? You wanted to throw in? Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I she's one of the artists that that I kind of, I, I'm really kind of trying to figure out how how she ended up there. You know, who who actually was the champion for her? I mean, because to me, it's it, it's really a, a a a real shot in the dark for her. You know, uh, certainly there's there's uh, there's a lot of hit power there. Especially, you know, from "Hit Me With Your Best Shot," "We Belong," "Love Is a Battlefield," but that's forty plus years ago, at least. So, you know, I guess I don't have an issue with her being on there. I just I don't see her going any further than where she is right now. And I, you know, I, I just like I also don't know where she falls on the spectrum of who did she influence because she was part of of a a group of women that would go on you know especially in the, those early 80s they would be the ones um to to influence but i i just don't i i don't feel that she's been the influence and i'm not knocking knocking her output because like i love the song we belong I, I think that's a fantastic. That's probably my favorite song out of her catalog, but I just don't see her going any further than right here. Yeah, I mean, it's like you say she's. You know, we were discussing how she's not. You know, had a long list of hits, but she certainly has like her select stuff. So um, mm-hmm. she is an interesting yeah. I- inclusion on there. It, it's 
it's an interesting choice. Interesting nomination. Now, the next person on the list is an even more contentious uh, entry for for me, <laughs> given our given our previous uh, episode on bands you either love or hate. Uh, Dave Matthews right. Band. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band is up for this a nomination this year, and yeah, I have some problems with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. All personal. I just don't like the band, so I don't see them as a great rock band, but I know that there are millions of people who do. There's a bunch of, I mean, and he's got a lot of sale, you know, sales power behind him. My, my, my thing about the Dave Matthews band is you know, like, I would raise my hand and go, well, is there a way that we can just nominate like a couple of them? Because there's great musicianship in that band. Um, first and foremost for me is the, the the drummer Carter Carter Buford or Beaufort or something like that. I don't I, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but the drummer is outstanding. Beyond that, maybe the bass player guy, but really I I I'm I I, I have a difficulty understanding once again, who championed for Dave Matthews band to be here, but this won't be their year. I don't think, but eventually he's going to get in. Have, have there been any other jam bands that, that are in the rock and hall of fame, but are the grateful dead in the rock and roll hall of fame? Yeah. Grateful dead are like 40 of them. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm, I'm not really kidding. I think there's about 30 or 40 of them. <laughs> that have passed through the band that are actually part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, but, um, uh, do we want to call Almond Brothers Jam Band? I think they're in. Maybe. But I, I, I have a hard time with, they're not necessarily a, a jam band as much as like a good rock and blues band that just happened to go a little jammy. That's, you know, my perception. So, yeah, they, I mean, this, this may be about as close as the rest of that, that entire subgenre we get. Yeah. Very interesting choice, but yeah. Yeah. One, it is. one I'm not excited about. So moving on. <laughs> uh, exactly. Next. <laughs> now this, I'm much more excited to talk about. Because the next band on the list is, right. is Depeche Mode. I knew you would be. I knew you would be. <laughs> very, very excited because to me, Depeche Mode was one of the really the first electronic bands to have a real rock component to their sound. Um, you know, they Martin Gore added some guitar riffs to it, and they had always had the kind of a bluesy side to their music. So, given that, given their popularity, their output. Their influence, I think that the Peche Mode are definitely worthy contenders. And I know some people are like, oh, it's not rock and roll. You know, they always say that about a lot of these choices on here, but but I think Oh you, my gosh, yeah. I think you can't deny what what they've what their output is, um, you know, how they really changed a lot of things, how they, you know, kicked a lot of doors down for that that style of music. Um and made such a transition from the early days of the real 
you know, Vince Clark era with the bright synth pop, very poppy to Martin Gore's era where it became very dark and, and really changed the entire sound. So, so I think they've had a very interesting progression over the years and, and great songwriting, great vocals. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. What are your thoughts about Depeche Mode? Be on the list. Depeche Mode, Depeche, Depeche Mode falls in that line of, yes, I want them in, not now. I, I and and it, it, mind you, it, it's just the wish list. But we all know that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does not go in any sort of pattern whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I I expect them fully to get in. I honestly thought if they were going to get in, they were going to get in last year. Really. I thought they would have, especially with a, the, a big tour and everything that they, that they had just announced. And then it just, uh, there were a lot of dominoes that were falling in their favor last year. Um, and so I thought that they were going to, get in last year but they they got passed on and they're they're not going to get passed on very much longer if they keep up this trend of making the first cut into the nominee class um they're going to get in i'm not ready for them to be in yet i need i need for me uh to have a you know somebody else in first before i i start I start pushing, pushing their, their button. <laughs> well, I think, I think the cure getting in last year is as really was kind of the bellwether for a lot of those bands from yeah. that, from that era. Yeah. So I think the cure getting in there makes their inclusion much more likely than before. Yeah. Their, their chance for this year looks pretty well imminent. If it, if you ask me. Yeah. So I think, I think, um, Definitely a strong inclusion. Some people may disagree that they're a rock group, but I think they are totally a rock group, and I'm totally have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, up next, we have the Doobie Brothers, and I have to profess that I don't really know a lot of Doobie Brothers stuff. I'm not well versed in the Doobie Brothers behind behind minus I guess I know Michael McDonald was. A singer right. for them, and and so I I I, I like I rem- well, I guess they had like heading to the streets and stuff like that, or I <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess I I get confused with what's a Doobie Brothers song and what's a Michael McDonald solo song. They kind of all blur together for me, so I'm just not really I don't have a strong opinion about the Doobie Brothers. So I'm gonna throw that one to you and see what yeah. what what you think about them. Well, and uh, by no means am, am I, I'm not a huge Doobie Brothers fan now. I will say that um, at some point in the mid to early 2000s, I had this one one guy that came into one of my uh, stores, my record stores, and he was he was a fan of what he said, pre-McDonald Doogie Brothers, and oh. I was like, wait a minute, there's such a and, thing. And I was, <laughs> I, yeah, and and I was like. What do you mean? Hasn't he always been with the band? He was like, no, no. There's like four four albums that the Doobies did without Michael McDonald. Like Michael McDonald was slinging vocals for Steely Dan or something like that. 
um, for for a while, and they recruited him over. And so I was like, well, damn, I feel like I need to listen to those. He said, yeah, you'd actually like those. And by no means did it convert me to I, – I didn't run out and go get a T-shirt or anything like that, put a sticker on my car, but um, – and I couldn't even tell you in any of those albums that were without Michael McDonald, but they were they were good albums. It was um, it was like one of their other members, Tom Tom Johnson or something like that, that um, was doing vocals at the time. And I, I think he's I think he's back doing them now since Michael McDonald's full on solo, but. Uh, they did like four, four albums without him. The only one that I can remember was like Captain, Captain and Me, and that, but that's it. And it was, it was fine. It was fine. Michael McDonald for me didn't really add anything outside of, you know, white man soul to it. I guess. I guess their sound changed a little bit, but. I mean, just because it, it, it probably went a little bit more mainstream of a sound where those earlier records were a little bit more R&B, a lot more R&B based. But yeah, that I, 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 I have a shallow, shallow understanding of Doobie Brothers. So I, who knows? I mean, they made it this far. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like one of those I kind of like Pat Benatar thing. They sold a lot of records. <laughs> yeah. They, they sold a lot of records. I, I know that. So we'll... So, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of don't have much opinion. We'll see, we'll see if they get votes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see how strong the how strong the force is with the Doobie Brothers because I, I yeah. I'm kind of lukewarm on that. Uh, but I guess speaking of R&B, next up we have Whitney Houston. And yeah. I kind of feel like regardless of our pick, she's going to be, she's going to get it. Um, just because one, she's not here anymore. And that always kind of, I think gives it extra, right. extra weight to a legacy thing. Um, two, I mean, she was one of the biggest icons of the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, not my style of what I, I was not in the pop. I really had a very snobby thing back when we were in high school and college where I, I, I had a real problem with, with artists that didn't write their own songs. Um, yeah. I yeah. just, I just kind of felt that was kind of inferior to singer songwriters. I realized, you know, what I've come to come to try to respect in later years is just, you know, the fact that some people are really blessed with great vocals, you know, great um, pipes that, you know, kind of propelled them and gave them a presence. So in that, in that respect, you know, I, re, I respect it and, and all of that, but I just never was, was a, a huge fan of Whitney Houston. That was just a little too poppy for, for my, my taste, but, but I can see why she was included. And I think she'll definitely get yeah. it. I think she'll definitely get in this year. I'd be surprised if she didn't. I, and, and I'm, I'm with you on that because I mean, first very popular, sold a lot of records a lot of people think that she had the the, the the vocal to really the 
distinguish her from, and she did. I mean, between her and Madonna, I mean, it was Whitney or Madonna, Whitney or Madonna, all through the 80s, it seemed. Uh-huh. I, I mean, just because pop sensibility, uh, you know, other people wrote the songs. Um, but she had a strong, strong promotion machine behind her that was um, re- really making sure that those those records had a lot of airplay so that people would eventually go, yeah, that's not so bad. And then go go buy, buy the record, of course. But, you know, there's there's some things that are in her favor. I, I, I'd be surprised if she didn't make it, honestly, because, like you said, that, that legacy of, well, she's she's dead and they they like they like to give a little bit of a oh we love you Whitney uh-huh. you know a little po- po- yeah. po- posthumous exactly reward exactly yep so yeah definitely don't have a strong I mean but but Whitney Whitney had had the sales to back it up and the popularity and the tours that that ever you know when she did a tour it was like a a, a huge event and so. Yeah, so there, there's there's a lot of stuff that's working in her favor. And she also kind of had that tragic air too, obviously, where it's like you know her career right. her career stalled because of personal problems, and and she died right. and she died because of those personal problems. So, right. So, so yeah. that air of tragedy is is just kind of that's kind of baked in the cake as far as like right. rock, rock rock legends are concerned, for better or worse. So there's. There's certainly enough water under the bridge for people to remember that she died <laughs> an addict in a tub at the Beverly Hills Hotel two days before the Grammys. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really pretty sad, honestly. But, but I think I think that factors <laughs> in, into it too. <laughs> what a rock star way to go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there is that yeah. there is that thing that uh, you know. I mean, I'm surprised that Joy Division hasn't been listed um, as a. You know, you think about kind of a, a weird, abrupt turn there, but I'm just thinking about notable rock star deaths and all that, and right, and that tr- you know that's just a, one of those kind of unhealthy appeals of. of of rock right. stardom is is the tragic side of it too. So I think that factors into the, it. The key difference there are record sales. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really it. That's really it. Now, next on the list is something that's we've got to go in the polar opposite direction now with Judas Priest, and right. this definitely falls into the long overdue category. I mean. I just saw Judas Priest uh, last year, and was, oh yeah, was, that's right, that's right. Was absolutely, or this year actually, was absolutely blown away. I, I kind of been kicking myself the fact that I never saw him before, but that I mean, just seeing them still so good and Rob Halford's so powerful, really, you know, those guys have, have put in the hours, they put in the work, they've got the legacy, they. Yeah. You know, they're not in their own terms. They are just a great rock band. So the fact that they're long overdue to getting in, but I, I think that, you know, that's kind of like a, a no shit Sherlock. They should be in, in here, a nomination, yeah. you know. This is 
I long, agree. Long overdue. I absolutely agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really have my, my uh, fingers crossed for them that this is their year because I mean, they're, they're one of many that are long overdue for any kind of recognition of this level, you know? So I, I, I certainly hope that the, the metal gods are certainly smiling upon them and that those, those number two pencils, Scantron fill in the blank for, you know, Judas priest. Black out that box boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just want to induct it so I can see him perform live. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. that, that's the, that's they still the, have it. They still have it, that's for sure. So I'm sure they would do a great little mini set at the induction thing. So I hopefully they get in so people yeah. people can, you know, see how, how I mean, my God, that guy can still sing like a maniac. I was blown away I seeing them. I mean, because you see a lot of lots of bands that, that we love yeah, that grew up with, and I still love them, but you know, they just they can't hit all those notes. I mean, I go see the cult and Ian Asbury. He, you know, his voice yeah. is coursing with age. He can't do all those old notes or you listen to Danzig and he can't, it's just, it's just age. You know, yeah. I, I think one reason that Robert Plant won't reunite Led Zeppelin is because he can't hit those notes anymore. Yeah. He can't do that one now. Rob, Half- Rob Halford can hit Rob Halford, all the notes. And, 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 and Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, which goes in the long overdue category mm-hmm. um, for at least, you know, at least for me. Uh, those those guys still perform at such a high level to where you you just you just wonder, God, I, am I even going to even remotely have you know? Am I going to have that energy? Yeah. <laughs> am I going to be able to remotely function as well as these guys do? Um, I mean, they're they're of course senior to, to both of us, but. Um, Gosh, I mean, it, it's really, it's really, um, it's really mind blowing how well these guys are still just knock, knocking it out every single time. Yeah, like I remember seeing them, you know, and I saw behind the set that he was getting kind of helped on stage. So someone's kind of helping him get on stage, like he's in a little trouble getting up there. But then he gets up there, and he's like back in his like. 30s or 20s mm-hmm. just belting it changing like jackets yep. every other song he, he must have he must have worn like 20 different jackets over the evening but <laughs> but you know i mean he's he's a showman you don't have a lot of showmen anymore in in, yeah. in rock in, yeah in, so he's yeah so those guys long overdue definitely and we're kind of showing our hand here on them early but you know let's priest so come on we yeah we gotta yeah. we gotta be glad about that <laughs> Now, next up, we have a kind of a, another abrupt turn. This is a very interesting choice for an induction, and that's Kraftwerk. Um, you know, Kraftwerk were, you know, German electronic pioneers. You know, they helped inspire hip hop. They helped inspire uh, a lot of disco stuff. They helped inspire new wave. They helped inspire synth pop. They helped inspire industrial. They helped inspire so mm-hmm. many things that. Even though they might not be an obvious choice, you can see why they were chosen. Um, yeah, they, you know, are very inventive. I mean, the fact that a bunch of four little nerd computer nerds from Germany would like influence hip hop with African bombada stuff like that's really quite remarkable. Um, yeah. So I think they were a strange choice, but I think it's cool they're getting they're getting on the on the ballot. 
I I think on this on this round, this may be the second or third time that they've been on. And I have been trying to champion them, writing writing letters to my representatives and senators to, to make sure that craft work got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know, the one thing that they, they don't have are are a lot of those record sales. But their influence is out the window. I mean, it is it's all over the place. It's often it's on uh, it's it's transgenerational. It's across many different I mean, just like you said, between hip hop, um synth pop electronic alternative uh you know there's there's so many different different um zebra uh genres and subgenres that that they have um put put a little you know thumbprint on even even that, edm even you know i mean yeah i mean all, anybody that stands behind a keyboard and decides that hey this this is this is something that i would like to do and perform think craft work. Yeah. Because they're really the 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 progenitors of sequencing and drum machines and uh, you know who knows who knows where Brian Eno would be without somebody like Kraftwerk. Yeah. Or who knows where Depeche Mode would be or um you know later on Nine Inch Nails without Kraftwerk. So they they hit a lot of buttons for me, and I I I got to see him back a back a two years ago, two or three years ago, and I remember I had a friend of mine who said, "But what if they were just standing behind the keyboards and were performing?" I said, "I don't care, I just don't care." The guys that were part of Craftwork were in there putting on an entire show for me, and I saw them perform enough for me to go you know what check that one off the list i'm 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 forever sold on those guys forever yeah when they came through austin and 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 i was broke at the time and we couldn't go and it was it it, it killed me because i really wanted to go so bad and i don't Mm -hmm. i don't think i ever got turned to texas again because they they came to like twice and like both times i i couldn't do it yeah um yeah but if they come back again, pretty please, man, get press passes this time and actually, yeah. get, actually, actually can <laughs> so go, for, go, go, go for free. So, so yeah, uh, maybe not the most obvious choice, but definitely, you know, definitely, yeah, definitely earn, earn their, earn their, uh, keep on that one. And I guess speaking of kind of proto stuff, next we've got our proto pug band. We've got the MC five, um, Came out of the Detroit scene along with bands like the Stooges and Ted Nugent and uh, who else am I thinking of from Detroit? Before, before Ted Nugent turned into an ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before he became an asshole. Didn't Alice Cooper come from Detroit or am I just making that up? No, no, you're right. Uh, Alice Cooper did. Yeah, I mean, Detroit Detroit Alice was Cooper a, did. very... Detroit was a happening scene. Yeah, de- I mean, in, in, in the late 60s and, and early 70s, it, it wasn't just all. It wasn't all just hit city. Yeah. You know, the 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 R and B, the R and B side of it. Um. It 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 
did kind of turn into for a little bit there a, a nice a nice little culvert of uh, some some pretty badass rock and roll Even garage and and just stuff to scare your parents. Yeah, I mean they really were kind of the precursors to the punk and metal out of there. But the yeah. the MC Five were really weird. I mean, it's a, they're a weird band because they were like kind of associated with the White Panther Party, very right, po- yeah. very political, definitely big they were left of left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a big influence on bands like Rage Against the Machine and 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 right. and stuff like that. Um, and they're actually touring right now. I think it's that the remaining members are touring with like Billy Gould of Faith No More playing bass and and I forget. You know, even back in like the mid two thousands, they did a, a show with Ian Asbury singing "Kick Out the Jam." So they've definitely yeah. uh-huh. they got they got their disciples for sure. Um, I'm I'm kind of the one thing about MC Five though is that they really don't have. I mean, you think about MC Five, you think about one song, "Kick Out the Jams," and right. beyond that, I mean, maybe "Rambling Rose," but I don't have a whole. I mean. I have a great affinity for the Stooges. The MC5, while I appreciate them, I'm, I never really have been that massive of a fan. It's been more kind of like, a, I get that they're influential, but their music doesn't necessarily kick my ass that much. I don't know what, what your thoughts are the MC5 right. are, but, but you know, for culturally, I, I get why they're included for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think MC5 is, uh, I, I think they're worthy of... Um, the, the nomination for sure. And I, I think really, even without any kind of uh, a lot of um, big, big money machine behind them or the sales or anything like that. But I, I, I do just go back to kick out the jams. If you just think about how many, how many people have just gone back to that song. I mean, just even that one song. You're you're influencing an entire generation after generation, you know. And I I love the Stooges, and there's a lot of Stooges records that 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 are are solid, you know. Funhouse, of course. Oh yeah. And self-titled, you know, for Stooges. But M- MC5 just had to put out one song to make people go, well, fuck yeah. Yeah. Kick out the jams, motherfucker, you know? And, you know, I, I, I'd i be lying if I didn't say that I was in a band or two that didn't play Kick Out the Jams. And, you know, it, you, you, everybody learned it at some point, <laughs> you know, just because it was, it, it, it was one of those fist pumping, just, it, it got everybody in, and up on their feet. Yeah, they were kind of one of those secondhand bands, you know. Like, like I remember the yeah. first, first time I heard that song wasn't by them; it was the version with the uh, Henry Rollins and Bad Brains off the Pub right. the Volume soundtrack. It was when I, the volume, yeah. It was when I first heard that song, I was like, "This is a cool song." And then I realized later yeah. that there was it's, it's so much fun doing that kind of backwards detective work when you trace a song back to its original. Kind of like uh, Dead Souls off the Crowtail track with, you know, from yeah. Nine Snails to Joy Division. I just love kind of learning right. where it comes from. So, so yeah, MC5, I get why they're there. They weren't my favorite of those bands, but, you know, they definitely yeah, they definitely had their little piece in history there. Up next, we've got another Better Late Than Never 
entry, and that is Motorhead. It saddens me as take us on for Motorhead to get inducted because half the band is dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's really no one to accept the thing that's going to have like a, you know, it just, it, it's, it's kind of insulting that they're not there. And even that, not that they're not there, but that two of the guys, Filthy Animal and I forget who the other dude was, they weren't even going to be like allowed to be inducted in, you know, seems very petty since they were, you know, parsimony of the classic Motorhead stuff, but yeah, you know, Lemmy. Trying to think, who's oh, uh, Fast Eddie Clark's dead? Yeah, that's is, uh, that, uh, is, is that right? Yeah, Fast Eddie Clark and then Phil Filthy Animal. Is it Taylor? Is that? Is uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Th- I mean, those guys were very instrumental, and they were they were not going to include them for some reason. I think they were going to change that, but. I thought that was really, really tone deaf and stupid. But, uh, you know, I mean, Motorhead, Motorhead are none of those weird bands where they didn't have hardly any hits. They only, they're kind of just known for that one song. But if you're, right. but if you're a diehard fan, you know, there's a lot more, a lot more there than Ace of Spades. But, you know, to, yeah. to the layman, Ace of Spades is, is it. But even if they're only known for one song, Ace of Spades is a, goddamn great rock song i mean yeah that's that's certainly that's certainly a hallmark hallmark tune for just the entire metal culture or hard rock or whatever you want to call it at, at, at this point what what i think sad is you know it's we're, we're coming up that lemmy's been dead for almost four years Ugh. at this point <laughs> yeah and we're I think this is the first time that they have been nominated on this list. It's crazy. The first time. And so, yeah, they don't have the sales or anything like that, but their influence is beyond, is beyond measure. I mean, they were part of that new wave of British heavy metal that was going on back, back in the, uh, the, the eighties, early, early eighties. And, yeah, they had a few nominations for, you know, maybe, gosh, did they even have some Grammy nominations? I bet they did. Bet they did have at least a couple. I mean, because that's always a deserve an award anyway for the Grammys. Yeah. I digress. But um, anyway, it. all I say, all I can say is they better get in. Yeah. I they mean- better be a first ballot. No, no Motorhead, no Metallica, no Motorhead, right. probably no Guns N' Roses, no Motorhead. You know, I mean, Motorhead right. were really one of those bands that helped kind of bridge the gap between punk and metal. That yep. that you know really helped bands that you know were combined those you know, like, like the thrash bands and things like that, or even bands like the yeah. Cult, Cult, you know, stuff like that. That they kind of helped make that acceptable to to blend those genres. You know, yeah. His his bass playing was insane. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and there are plenty of great songs. You got Orgasmatron, Killed by Death, you know, Eat the Rich. Mm-hmm. There, there's so many. Eat I mean, the Rich, yeah. Overkill, Bomber. So, so many good yeah. ones. So, yeah, better late than never, but yeah. That's another one that long overdue and, uh, would make a nice, uh, double header with Judas Priest if they both got inducted. That'd be, that would be kind of cool. Just because that would be nice. <laughs> they're, they're kind of in the same bracket, you know? Um, yeah. 
And and next is another band that I'm very excited about, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Or this is their second time to be listed as as a nominee. Um, I'm hoping this is the time that's going to take them over the finish line. Uh, you know, I mean, Nine Inch Nails are one of those weird bands. Of course, it's really it's just Trent Reznor and, and, and friends. But uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, he has had one of the most fascinating career arcs of any musician I've ever, you know, to to go from industrial to you know arena rock, you know to to instrumentals to to film composing, which he's doing so, so great right now. I was I was yeah. I, I was just listening to I've been watching Watchmen and his soundtrack for that's incredible, really good. Yes, um, which I think I'm, I'm I'm catching up on that one. By the way, <laughs> yeah, we may need to do a, a Watchmen podcast yeah. <laughs> at some at, at some point because there's a lot to unpack there. There's uh, a bunch to unpack. Yeah, I, I won't even get distracted. I, I heard that he was releasing Watchmen as a as a three part soundtrack. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's true. But that it, it is true, and they just released the first okay. one. The first one was released yesterday. It's on Spotify. Oh my gosh. It's on wow. Sp- it's on Spotify now. And they got it on vinyl. Okay, but it's really good. I mean, if you like what he did for Social Network or Girl the Dragon yeah. Dragon Tattoo or uh, right. Gone Girl, I mean, it's it's up there. But I mean, also the fact that he's doing the soundtrack for the next uh, Pixar movie is crazy. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. this this guy is just—I have oodles of respect. We've talked about this before when we were talking about him in our last episode about the Hour Spiral. But uh, you know, I mean, and it's interesting. You were talking about how no Kraftwerk, no Nine Inch Nails, and, and I read an article with him actually just uh, yesterday at Rolling Stone talking about the nominations and saying that you know. For him, he knows he shouldn't be in before Depeche Mode or Kraftwerk or, or Todd Rundgren. But he said, I'm right. st- he goes, I'm still writing my name on the ballot anyways. Oh, Todd Rundgren, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. But but, the, but then he finished it with, even though I say that I'm still writing my name on the ballot anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but he, but he. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But he definitely. <laughs> He, he he definitely knows understands his influences and and of course he gave right. he gave a great induction last year for the Cure. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. A really solid induction, and he kind of changed his tune because he was very kind of iffy at the Rocker Hall of Fame, and now I think he thinks it would be cool to get in there just because it'd be fun. Yeah. So, what are your what's your thoughts on Nine Inch Nails getting getting nominated? Well, I, I I'm okay with them being nominated. I I, I agree with him that. I, I still need a couple other things to to fall in place. So he'll be in. There's no doubt. I mean, there's he has he has so much going for him, and not, not even really having to do with what his early input was. But gosh, what he's been doing now—it's just amazing that he actually went from such a such a head case. You know, back in the days of Pretty Hate Machine and Downward Spiral, Spiral and the Fragile, and it, you look at where he is now, and he's all he's all toned, and he's got a vision, and he is. Gosh, Trent Reznor is is probably is probably one of the the most fascinating artists going on, um, in in in, in music today. I I, I think. Just because of 
where he is all over the spectrum. He can do a soundtrack for your movie. He can put out, I mean, Hesitation Marks was a fantastic record if you want to talk about more recent. Really was. Not to mention, if you go all the way, you know, if you want to go all the way back to his route for Pretty Eight Machine and what a, what a fantastic record that was done on his little, you know, $2 budget at the time and, and what he was able to, to, to really put together. And, and gosh, I mean, I want him in. I, I, I'm with him though. <laughs> um, but I still want him in. If, if he gets in this year, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he He's one of those, uh, just the whole uh, Trent Reznor and friends, nine sales, whatever it is you want to call it. I think he's almost a lock. Yeah. And, Another factor, of course, to take into is is his production. I mean, you know, he not only yeah. writes his yeah. stuff and performs it, he also records it and produces it, and his production is yep. crazy. I mean, you know, people might forget that he produced the Marilyn Mansons, their, his first two albums. You know, I mean, he, he probably is, without his production, then they may never have even gotten off the ground. I mean, he was hugely influential yeah. in their success, and and he's, you know, I I'm still so pissed off that... He had he had worked with Ian Asprey on a solo project for Ian Asprey and it never got released and it kills me because I just I'm oh. I'm dying huh. to hear what they came up with you know. Wonder what that sounded like. Because <laughs> I bet it, I bet it was amazing and I'm so I wish they would just put put it out there you know because the idea of those huh. he said that Ian's one of his favorite singers so I'm really bummed out about that but that's that's a that's a tangent there but yeah Nine Inch Nails I got no problem with it. Huh. Yeah, me neither. I I, I don't either. And once again, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it in, if Nine Inch Nails is is in this year. Especially given that he inducted the Cure last year, so he's kind of got a little in yeah. there, you know, as far as like inside yeah. the inside the under the veil, basically. Well, and I, I think he's liked by a lot of industry folks because of his risk taking mm-hmm. ability, you know. So they'll take a risk on him. Yeah. And then we switch gears uh, to the Notorious B.I.G. A next right. entry into Rock Hall of Fame. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. is one of those interesting cases where very short output because he obviously was taken early in life because of a murder that still has not been solved, which is just. That's weird. Which is so. I mean, people, people talk about <laughs> yeah. people talk about Jeffrey Epstein. This is like this is like just as weird of a thing of like, you know, come on, something is not right. Come with on, this. somebody's got to know. The, the, I mean, somebody between right? this this and Tupac, you know. We, yeah. But you know, I mean, I never was a big gangster rap guy. It was not really my hip hop that I liked, but. You know, I mean, if you put on hypnotize, I'll crank that shit up because that's a great, (laughs) that's a great, great song, man. That bass line is just, oh, it's just, it's killer. Um, Well, and I don't, I don't know, did did I throw Ready to Die in on our 94 talk? I don't think I did. mm -mm. But I I was really looking at it because I was like, man, that was really a good record. (laughs) I mean... Big Papa was a, was a was a pretty sweet little tune, but Juicy, which was I, I think that that was like a huge hit for him on uh, on, on Ready to Die, or yeah, Ready to Die. Uh, 
man, I I I like Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not really the, the gangster rap guy either, but I just thought, gosh, really, I think it has, has to do a lot with the, um, production. Yeah. Sean Combs. Puff Daddy. Yeah. Puff Daddy. So, but, uh, you know, he, he did, he did have a really good, um, he had really good lyricism, um, He's not going to make it. I mean, that's really a short output. Like you said, people like him, though, and he sold a ton of records. I'm not saying that he's in, because I don't think he is, but at some point, they're going to put put, put him in, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think I, I think he will at some at some point, but I, I don't think this is the year for him. But Ready to Die, I I thought it was a good record, and I I think I probably went with Illmatic over Ready to Die because I think that was a stronger album <laughs> on our '94 talk. But mm-hmm. Ready to Die was 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 a pretty pretty sweet pretty sweet little record for the for what was going what was happening with hip hop. Gangsta rap, whatever you want to call it, back at, at that point. So, um, but lots of records sold. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's got that going. Yep, he's got that going for him. Yep. I think the next person on the list is is the biggest head scratcher for me, um, and that's Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I only know one Shaka Khan song, really, which is the one that Prince wrote for, uh, Feel For You. I know right. I know nothing of what she did with Rufus. I didn't even know Rufus was a band. I thought it was always just Shaka right. Khan. So I'm really kind of stumped on this one. I don't get it because, I mean, she's a great singer and all that, but, I mean, she has not, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna leave that up to you because I don't. I have no clue why this was group was included because I just I guess I'm ignorant on on what they what they their output is. So the 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 one that you're familiar with was whenever Shaka Khan left the band, I believe. I, I'm 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 fairly certain of that. Um, I remember picking up a like a a best of Rufus with Shaka Khan. But let's see, I'm trying to remember what was on that. Tell me something good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 drawing kind of a blank. There, there's that '70s R&B stuff that that is pretty cool. You know, it, it it'll get picked up in a Tarantino movie <laughs> sooner or later, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I honestly don't know much um, outside of really just Shaka Khan herself. You know, but when was I feel for you? Was that was like the eighties? Like eighty five or something, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Eighty three, something, something in there. 
And so I, I, I thought Rufus had, had split up at that point, or at least she was gone from the band. So there was at some point where the Shaka Khan that we knew from the 80s was completely just Shaka Khan. She, she, she went solo. She didn't even have Rufus um, as, as the band. But I, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm not really familiar I threw down the, the 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 greatest hits record every once in a while just to be sort of familiar, but I don't remember much out of it. It's been a long time, 15, 20 years, probably yeah. 20. It just sounds like somebody on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board was really, really into Rufus, and they, they, finally, <laughs> they finally got their way. Because it's just a strange choice just because, yeah, at least to me, uh, maybe if I'm I was not sure of, of of where you know, like did Rufus influence any in, in, you know did they influence somebody that I'm not familiar with? Did they influence Prince or I mean like who else? You know, yeah. Jackson Five, uh, you know, the Jacksons at that point. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't know where they fall in the um in the uh, in the line of you know, the Isley Brothers, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Sign the Family Stone, Rufus. I mean, were they in that? Were they in that group? I I really don't know. Yeah, so that's a that's a head scratcher for me. Yeah. Um, I guess the next person on our list is 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 another very interesting choice. Although I I, I get this a little more, and that's Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Um. Todd Rundgren is is kind of like Trent Reznor, just in the fact that not only did he write a lot of interesting stuff, but he was also a big producer, produced bands like Psychedelic Furs and Sheep Trick. Um, you know, um, he had a long, um, but he also wrote really like annoying songs like "I Want to Bang on the Drum All Day," uh, <laughs> yes. so, so and a, a really weird song <laughs> called uh, uh, "We've Got to Get You a Woman." Which is real. If you, if you haven't heard it, it's real strange. It's 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 all over the place. And I think that the end the end lines. We've got to get you a woman. It's the last thing forever. Do and when we're done, we have to find one for me too. Um, just just he's Runger is weird, you know. Um, yeah, was, yeah. But uh, he was in that band, the, the Naz. Really? I think they were called. Yeah. But he, he kind of mixed, you know, some jazzy stuff with some rock. Um, um, but he's one of those guys that I'm more familiar with him as a producer than I am as a musician. So, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on, on Todd? Uh, Todd is certainly, I mean, the, he's, he's, he's a beast of a songwriter. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at his discography. And I mean, aside from his solo run, he had a, just a handful of Naz records, but did that Todd Rundgren Utopia project that somewhere went <laughs> and almost like coincided with his normal solo record output, but I don't know if they were solo records. At, you know, at least the Utopia project that he had. But um, yeah, I he's he, he's a beast of a songwriter, and yeah, that thing on the drum all day, I could just do fucking without that one. 
Um, the NAS stuff was pretty cool that, that I recall. Um, it, it kind of was in that weirdo psych, you know, I think I, I remember it being on a couple of my Nuggets um, Nuggets uh, sets, you know. I don't know if you're familiar with the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Series, the, but, great garage yeah. rock stuff. So, yeah, the garage rock um, that went, you know, garage inside psychedelic and just weirdo shit from the 60s and early 70s or what have you. But um, I, I guess he's more on here for some of his production. Hey, didn't he do that cars thing for a little bit? Yeah, he was the singer for the new cars. That's right. He was, um, I'm actually looking over his production stuff and, Oh my God, I didn't realize it. He produced the New York dolls debut album. Holy shit. Did he really? He produced we're an American band by grand funk railroad. Another band from Detroit, another band from Detroit. Hey, look at that. He produced Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Did he really? Uh, Remote Control by The Tubes. Forever Now, Psychedelic Furs. Next Position, Please, Cheap Trick. And maybe most Damn. most interesting, Skylarking from XTC. So, uh, so there you go. He's, yeah. I mean, that alone is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I, I get why he's, why he's being included. So, yeah. Okay. I, might not be somehow I necessarily vote for it's because he's a little esoteric, but I mean, yeah, he's it's not he 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 deserves it. He deserves a a, a nod for sure. Absolutely. And now we're going into a category again of a band that I really really love, and I want to get in just for my own personal taste. And, <laughs> right. Uh, um, and that's Soundgarden. Um. There's a lot of reasons Soundgarden. I think this is this is earned. It's because the grunge movement in rock was a huge, huge scene, even though it didn't last very long. You know, it yeah. it, it defined the '90s, and I'm firmly convinced, without a shadow of a doubt, that if there was no Soundgarden, there would be no Nirvana, because Soundgarden got signed. They were the first grunge band signed to a major label, A and M. Um, I know. Yeah. They released Louder Than Love, which is an amazing album, in 1990, I believe, and, or 89 or 90, 89, 1989, because we discussed that, we discussed that, we discussed that in our Best of 89 list, I now remember. Yeah. Um, it didn't sell very well, but it, it kind of was like the Trojan horse, it kind of got the ball rolling, so that by the time Nirvana clicked open, it kind of was like a, a nice cycle, Soundgarden helped start the feeding frenzy of labels on you know a uh, and people looking for seattle bands and nirvana get big and by nirvana getting big it helped soundgarden get big so it was kind of a nice reciprocal thing by the time bad motorfinger came out they were rock stars um and of course you know one of the greatest voices of a generation another guy we lost too soon chris cornell was a massive talent um and you know i mean soundgarden didn't have a lot of albums uh but they made a huge splash for the time that they were around and their output. Yeah, they certainly, they have a lot of stuff going for them. Tremendous amount of uh, popularity, for sure. They sold a ton of records. They have they have a Chris Cornell that, that's um, recently passed away, but 
and their songwriting was really tight. I mean, it was really, really good. You know, by the time that they were, they they had figured out Bad Motorfinger. I mean, and not not to take any away from you know Louder Than Love, but by by the time that they reached Bad Motorfinger, I mean, those guys were next level, and there's there's no reason why. I have a hard time thinking that they're not going to make it this year. Yeah, especially given... I have a hard time thinking about that, <laughs> you know? And once again, the, the, the tragic angle can't can't be ignored. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I hate to play that card. Um, if, if that wasn't the case, then I think they may, like, have another year or so, um, another, another nod on the ballot before they made it in. But um, I I think they get in this year. Yeah, I mean they, you know, the legacy is there, the impact is there, and yeah, and I think one thing that always made Soundgarden fun for me was you know they had that little element of of weirdness that it kind of was weird the guys as popular as they were because they threw those little weird time signatures, you know, strange chords interesting chord progressions. So I think just based on their creativity, the fact that they could be so popular makes them yeah. very weird. Cause they were not a by the numbers rock band. They were not four on the floor, three chords in the truth. They were like, you know, six, four time, crazy, weird, yeah. weird, weird, weird stuff, but you know, still very accessible, yeah. very catchy, very, just really great songwriters and great musicians. So yeah, I have no problem with Soundgarden getting in there. And, you know, even if they'll get in this time, they'll get in probably the next time around. And it's, you yeah. know, if, if they don't get in this year, then then I, I would I would put them certainly down for next year. And if, if Nirvana can be in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, the Soundgarden's got to be in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame and Pearl Jam. If, oh, those, yeah. if those two bands are yeah. in, Soundgarden uh, needs yeah. to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Allison Chains eventually. Yeah. Um, now, the next band on the list or artist is one I'm actually kind of shocked wasn't already in there um i didn't i i i I didn't realize that that they weren't and that's t-rex um t-rex were like you know uh i i know they weren't big in america except for bang a gong get it on they were they were kind of a british export that never got power station (laughs) yeah 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 that's a great cover by the way i love that cover yeah awesome I'm just real powerful. And that's one of those things that you hear them first and you trace your way back, just like, uh, Henry Rollins and MC five. But, uh, I think T-Rex were just T-Rex were one of those bands that, that you don't really discover until you get further, you know, kind of along in your musical collection. But then once you discover right. them, you're like, Oh my God, this is the best kept secret in rock because Mark Bolin was a fucking genius. That yeah. guy, that guy, his guitar riffs are yeah. ab- absolutely so simple, so uncomplicated, but so beautiful. I mean, you've got Jeepster, you've got Bang a Gong, you've uh-huh. got Metal Guru, you've got 20th Century Boy, which is probably the best guitar riff, one of the best guitar riffs right. of all time. Um, been covered so many times. And you get his very interesting voice, his really funny, quirky lyrics, which are so humorous and and egotistical and just wonderful, you know, a big uh, a pal of Bowie's from that same scene. Um, right. It's just one of those bands that, that, you know, every cool band will name Tech T-Rex because they know that they were just, you know, 
they're badasses. Mark Mullen was a badass. He was another guy taken away far too soon. He died of a car accident when he was only like 30 something, or maybe in his late twenties. Yeah. He, he was very young. Um, but I mean, my God, talk about, talk about some great, great. I mean, the, the just the riffs from Buick McCain, 20th century boy alone, or that's enough to get for me to qualify to be in this rock hall of fame. Cause it's, is killer. I mean, just great rock. So I'm shocked they weren't already in there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm glad that you're as enthusiastic <laughs> as, as I am <laughs> because I, you know, I, I, on the other hand was like, I can't believe that they're not in, you know, they, they're, they're certainly one of those pinnacle, pinnacle acts that, that had gone, you know, had, had been floating around and influencing the people who would influence even more people, mm-hmm. um, more artists, uh, down, down the, you know, down the line. But, um, I mean, come on. I mean, just, just by electric warrior, if, if, if you're, if I'm going to pick anything, oh, yeah. if I just put down electric warrior, and say this is the reason why they should be in. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that for me does it right there. That's a fucking great record. Still holds up, and yeah, and uh, you know, I I, I I really am rooting them on to, to 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 get in this year. But this this fickle group is probably gonna. <laughs> It's probably going to let it let it sit for a little while. Um, I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. But yeah, who knows? Who, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, you could you can just kind of track T Rex's influence by by all the bands that covered them. I mean, the Power Station we mentioned, but Susie and the Banshees, yeah. Guns and Roses, right. Guns and Roses, Danzig. I mean, wow. every band of every stripe you could think of, Placebo. Um, yeah. Who else? I mean, there's so there's so many, uh, yeah, that have that have covered their stuff because you know it's completely influenced the influencers. Yeah, I mean, so it's yeah. not in, influence them being the direct influence, but you know, that's that's where I am with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have like. Electric Warrior on vinyl. My daughter loves to dance to it. My wife's a big T Rex T Rex person, so we we play T Rex a lot. Nice. So yeah, nice. I'm I'm excited about that. Um, and we've only got one band left in the list, and then yep. Lizzie. Uh, another band with a tragic backstory due to uh, Phil Linnett, the singer and bass player, dying awfully young. Uh. Then Lizzie are kind of a weird group. Um, I don't know a lot by them, but, you know, I mean, you've got songs like uh, Boys Are Back in Town, of course, and you've got like Jailbreak, and Whis- yeah. Whiskey in a Jar. I mean, and not really a band I gravitate towards is what I want to listen to, but I definitely, they definitely, you know, you got to give it up for Thin Lizzie. They were very influential and, and unique. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like Thin Lizzie, and I've shot a handful of people by not liking them as much as they, <laughs> as they do, I suppose. Um, the guy has a statue, <laughs> you know, Phil Lennon, 
or is it Linnet or Linot? Lin- I'm not. Linot? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, somebody will, I'm sure, correct me sooner or later. Um, but you know, they have, they have a, a, a statue of him in in the town where he grew up. So they thought extremely highly of him. And uh, you know, I, I like Thin Lizzy. I just I, I don't hold them as a higher regard. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure the guys in U2 like them since they're Irish and mm-hmm. that's all cool. But, you know, I don't own anything by them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just put it like that. <laughs> yeah, same way. Uh, but, you know, there's another band that got covered by, you know, like Metallica, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, so. there's, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of influence that they have. I mean, just because they're just a, a good hard rock band. Um, but I, I, I just never invested a whole lot in, into them. Um, so maybe, maybe it's a case that I am missing out and I'll get that email or somebody will tweet me or something like that on, on Twitter and I'll, I'll get a nice recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> and not hate me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so- it could go either way. So, what? How many bands get nominated? How many bands get inducted each year? What's the total? So, from this initial list, they then there's there's fan voting, which is going on right now. Well, I got to do that. Um, I need to do that. And then, but there's there's also voting on um, back in their their little secret alcove mm-hmm. where they where they gather and um i don't know they wait till the white smoke comes out i don't know <laughs> uh, they, they all they all pick they all pick their um their their nominations the the final nominations to go in or, or really the, the 2020 class and but then they also take in into consideration um uh, what the fans voted on. I mean, back a couple of years ago, I think they let the fans vote in at least one. That's how Rush got in. Um, Thank God. Yeah. So talk about long overdue. But I mean, if it wasn't for fans, then I'm not sure that Rush would have ever gotten in, you know? Anyway, so from here, um, then it's, it's, it's five acts that make it on past this uh, from, after this round. All right. So five five acts out of that list that make it to the class of 2020. All right. So this is going to be the hard part for us is whittling this down to just five acts. I'm going to let you go first and, I'll, and do, do do the hard part first, and then I will I will I will, <laughs> I, 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 I will follow your lead. So what are the five so, five bands you're gonna you want in the Hall of Fame this year? These are the the ones that I have are, are really I'm, I'm rooting for for the class of 2020. T Rex, uh-huh. uh, MC5, Motorhead, Kraftwerk, and Judas Priest. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of artists that are just really about the influence. So that I can 
comfortably put in my next wave. <laughs> uh-huh. I was so happy. I was so happy last year whenever they put uh, Roxy Music in because of what what the influence that they had. Yeah, on, for, for sure. You know, on just tons of artists. So I'm I'm, I'm sticking to my guns with pick the influencers the ones that are closer to my heart and then and then I can let other you know the other ones fall where they may yeah this is hard because I don't really differ in my opinion from your list actually I mean I think all those are you know T-Rex for sure right Judas Priest for sure mm-hmm. Motorhead for sure it's hard to argue with Kraftwerk either. The only one I might have to switch out is MC5, and, and it's it's just the just because I, I that's tough too because they they you know I mean if there it, there are well my my correct answers are for me. <laughs> I, I I told everybody on my Facebook that these are your correct answers or these are the correct answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a, of course a little like I, I did have one one friend of mine who said <laughs> I was gonna like your post until I saw that you didn't nominate Thin Lizzy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then I decided not to. Okay, <laughs> Everybody's got their favorites. So there, there, there you go. They, they have they have their they have their group their fans for sure yeah i need to go back (laughs) i mean i i get it about the mc5 but it's no no yeah it's it's really it's hard because because of just of just how it's been kind of a haphazard way of getting these bands in like i see nirvana i think Nirvana, i think soundgarden you know if i had to pick my five favorites it would be depeche mode Nine Inch Nails, right. Soundgarden, yep. T Rex, yep. and Judas mm-hmm. Judas Priest. If I just went by my favorites, but if I went your way, the only thing I might switch out is MC Five with Depeche Mode, just because of Depeche Mode's influence as well. But it's right. it's, it's a tough one. So I I I definitely think, I think that that your list is totally fair and, and makes total sense, and you can set up a lot of these guys for being inducted the next time around. I just wish that yeah. I just wish you could nominate ten because that could get all the ones I want to get get in there, get in there. But uh, you know, but, but but at the same time, you know, like the, these these classes never follow my rules, and that that's you know, which that's fine. I'm, I mean, I, I have my own set of criteria that, and that's why I started out with, where are you on that scale? You know, because Metallica is in there. Well. Judas Priest influenced Metallica. Motorhead influenced Metallica. Mm-hmm. But Metallica's already in there. Yeah. So, so uh, you know. So it's a very it's a very back ass words. It, it, uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, exactly. Uh, this, this these these nomination processes are sometimes a little bit more to it. It, it feels more payola to me. I think the only, you know, 
like the only two bands that on this list that got numbered this year that would that I would be kind of annoyed with would be Dave Matthews Band and, and Rufus, just because I don't I, <laughs> I I don't know enough about Rufus and Dave Matthews, I just can't stand. So, but right. all the other rest I couldn't necessarily argue with because they've all got you know they've all got their bona fides. Um, yeah, and you know. While I, while while in my mind, pop music and hip hop really doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I get that it's inclusive, and so I'm not going to throw a fit if they get in there. I get why they would be right. in there, um, but all in all, it's a pretty solid list. You know, that's besides yeah. that, it's I can't really, you know, each year I think they get a little bit better at, at getting more, you know, and of course I I like it the more further we go, so we got to get into more bands and from our from our era, which is always fun. Right. I mean, the cure getting in was awesome. I was really pleased with that. Um, so. Oh yeah, I was. I, I was too. I thought that, that 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 was a a tremendous signal that that. Okay. Yes, we we, we get it. We we see you. We we hear you. Here's one. We'll we'll, we'll take care of the rest of you later. Yeah. So, yeah. the one the ones that I think we're going to make it this year. I think the Peshmo is going to make it. I think Whitney Houston is going to make it. I think Judas Priest is going to make it. I think um, Soundgarden is going to make it. And I think Nine Inch Nails are going to make it. Those are the five that I think that are going to make it in this year. Yeah, I think it, I think my predictions would be Whitney Houston, Motorhead, Judas Priest, and probably Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails. That would be my yeah. But really, T Rex needs to get in there. God damn it, T Rex needs to be in I there. I know. That's that's. I know. Of all the bands on that list, that's when that, <laughs> that 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 got me the most excited because because <laughs> you know all the bands. I know every every rock band on this list owes a little bit to T Rex. You know, just a little bit. Yeah. Even Judas Priest, you know, all those bands, yep. T-Rex was big. T-Rex was a big uh, influence on metal. You know, they really were because a lot of metal bands well, co- I mean, cover them. T-Rex and Priest were going on at the same time back in the early 70s, you know. And so there was, you know, I, I, of course, I, I don't think Priest would put out records until maybe about 73 or 74. Um, maybe uh, I should double check that before I start talking. But um, at the same time, you know, there, there's still a little bit of like, you know, there's competition going on. '74, it was rock and roll. But yeah, so there's 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 going to be some some sort of influence, and by no means was Judas Priest the band that they are now back then. <laughs> no, yeah, they were very. I mean, they were covering they were covering Jump <laughs> Jump for God's sake. So yeah, I mean, they were a little hippie. They were a little hippie. Yeah. There's great old footage where it has Rob Halford in in, in a, one of those like kimono looking things. Mm-hmm, the big billowing sleeves. Seventies, yeah. <laughs> you know. Funny. Good stuff though. Yeah. I feel pretty good about our picks. And I definitely can't wait to see the actual induction ceremony. It should be a fun yeah. one. That's always yeah. that's always the best part of this thing, is just seeing the bands play. That's what you care about. You know the speech exactly. speeches are one thing, the little presentations are one thing, but the band's playing—that's what it's all about. So that will be, yep. that will be cool. Well, thanks again, Chris, for 
chiming in. Always fun. Uh, we will obviously keep track of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and maybe we'll give our two cents after the actual airing of the ceremony comes on if we're so inclined. So stay tuned for that, possibly. And we'll, awesome. we'll be back sometime in the near future with another topic when we decide on something that we think is worth diving into. The year yeah. the year's coming to a close, so we'll we'll see what we can get in before then. But yeah, definitely more stuff on the horizon, and we're probably going to start doing a lot more single albums uh, just to kind of dive in a little bit deeper and, and to be more concise. And we think that that could be kind of a fun thing. So stay tuned for that as well. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks. All right, buddy. Well, thanks again. Have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later.